Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to see Mizzou. It was a Missouri game against Nebraska at Fro Field. Mizzou came out and hung right with the Huskers. Uh, the Huskers were ranked number one at the time. Nebraska had to score a touchdown on the final play to send the game in overtime. I remember Scott Frost threw the ball into the end zone. The ball flew through the air, and then someone dove for it. Nobody knew quite what happened. Fans started running onto the field. They were jumping on the goalposts because we all thought Mizzou won. But Nebraska had actually scored. They called it the flea kicker. It's one of the most famous plays now in college football history. Even though Mizzou lost that game, it made me a fan of the Tigers forever. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit ColumbiaTribune.com slash sports and click tickets. This is the Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. I am Daniel Jones with Cameron Teague Robinson. We're coming at you from uh, Wednesday, November 28th, one day after Mizzou basketball's loss to Temple, uh, and a couple days before the football team finds out its fate for a bowl game where it's going to go. I always say bowl fate. That makes it sound like it's a bad thing coming and not necessarily a good thing, even though it is I feel like there could be some thing. bad... I mean, it's a good thing, but there could there, be some there bad are, There might be some bad options. Yeah. Earlier today, man, Cam, we were just talking. We went to Booch's for lunch. Everybody got two burgers but me. I got three. That was, you made a wrong decision. I think I might have made Four the shows. wrong decision. But as much as I love Booch's, I think I'm going to stick to... Two burgers yeah. instead of three from now on. Yeah. Just runs through you. <laughs> Is that TMI on the podcast? I don't know. I don't know. I I could have gone into much more detail. <laughs> but That's fair. Uh, yeah. That's fair. Lesson learned two burgers at Booches instead of three. But we'll go back to last night, Temple seventy nine seventy seven win over Missouri. Actually, Offensively, it was one of Missouri's best games of the season. They shot 52% from the field. They shot 58% from three. Uh, They had four players in double figures. Uh, Mark Smith, Jordan Geist, Jeremiah Tillman, and Kevin Perrier. I think one of the things that got lost in the shuffle last night, Jeremiah Tillman actually had a double-double, 14 points and 10 rebounds, and uh, only had three fouls. He really had been quiet the last two games, but... I don't know. I felt like the story of the night was turnovers. Missouri had 15, uh, and Temple scored 20 points off those 15 turnovers. Meanwhile, Temple only turned the ball over five times. Missouri got seven points off those. So if you look at that in a two-point game, really stands out. What did you feel like was kind of the tipping point in that game last night? Uh, I a Similar to you is kind of the turnovers. I, I, that kind of what expected Temple to be able to do that because that's just what they're really good at this year. Uh, they're, probably, they're one of the best teams in the country and turning people over. So I guess what I expected, but I expected it to be, and Council mentioned this, I expected it to be the Nate Pierre-Louis. Louis? Louis. Louis. Louis Everybody said Louis, Louis last yeah, night. That's what I thought. Um, but yeah, I expected him to be the guy kind of forcing all turnovers, but he didn't get a steal last night, I don't believe. Um, no, he did not. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, and then, but again, that's kind of what Temple's really good at. And that you saw the turnovers really kick up in that at the end of the first half where Missouri really struggled to score and Temple really went on. They, they believe it was a 14 to four run to end the first half. Um, Zoo turned the ball over on four of like their next six possessions right after, right during that drive or right during that Temple run. So that really screwed things up. 
Um, it's been, uh, I guess, a trend for Missouri in the last the, the last few uh, weeks. Danny is currently trying to fix something on the wall. I couldn't make it work anymore. <laughs> I was like running out of things to ramble about. But no, it has been a trend the last uh, Missouri now three losses that at the end of the first half they struggle. Um, and teams go on big runs, Kansas State, Iowa State, and now Temple. Um, that's big because it's hard to pull yourself out of holes like that. You saw Missouri almost do it. Um, but when you spot a team 10 points, any good team, and Temple's a very good team, um, probably a team that will probably be either in, a, either in the NIT or right at the cusp in the tournament, I assume, is barring any injuries this year. Um, it's just hard to dig yourself out of that. And then you add the turnovers on top of it. It's hard to win a game like that. The stretch that really stands out in my mind was midway through the second half when Mark Smith had just made a basket to make it a three-point game, and Missouri could not get the ball across yeah, no. half court. Yeah. Uh, they got the ball back and turned it over three times in one minute, and that led to seven Temple points, and it went from a three-point game to a ten-point game before Missouri could even get yeah. the ball down the floor. There were two possessions in a row where they would just inbound the ball, and it was just didn't go to anybody. Yeah. It was like one where they, just, it, they inbounds the ball, one went off somebody's foot, went right to Temple for a basket. There was one where they inbounds the ball um, and got trapped in the corner and passed it, and nobody was there, to, and they tried to pass out, and there's nobody there. Temple could have hit a three on one of those possessions yeah. and didn't even score. Yeah. I mean, there was an inbounds play on the first half where Mitchell Smith was trying to pass it to Xavier Pinson, who was guarded, and Mitchell Smith threw the ball just over Xavier Pinson's head. <laughs> Straight out of bounds. Yeah, it, it was, was like, like five feet in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, and that I think was on a after a made basket. Yeah, when you could run the baseline, yeah, you just can't do that. I think Conzo Martin that play really exasperated him. He was asked about it after the game and kind of just had the look of somebody who had no answer. Yeah, who kind of like the look that a parent gives about a teenager that constantly acts unruly. It's a, it was just like I I, I don't know. It, it was. Somebody asked if it was a miscommunication on the play. He was like, it was a guy trying to inbound the ball. Yeah, it's like point, point guard has to come get the ball, and then the guy has to give it to him. Yeah, So not a miscommunication. Yeah, So that was that was a play that stands out last night. And probably a big thing for Missouri going forward, uh, I mean, they showed that they can shoot the ball. They really hadn't been – It's the second game in a row when they've done that, which is big because coming into those two games, you were like, who, how in the right. is this team going to score? The big questions were who's going to score and, yeah. and can this team shoot? And yeah, Missouri went out and shot over 50% from three last night, which is a big deal. Kevin Perrier was two for four from three. Jordan Geis was three for five. Mark Smith was three for five. Uh, Mark Smith, again, seven for 10 from the field and, and had six rebounds. He's shooting over 50% from three on the season just by himself, which is pretty impressive, which is probably it's not, he's not going to keep that pace up, but that's an incredible start to the year for somebody who shot 28% from three last year at Illinois. Um, he, he's been he's been really, really good so far. I mean, I think Javon Pickett hit a three last night. Torrance Watson was one for one from three, which is good because he hasn't been playing well at all. Yeah, I and we talked about Torrance Watson a little bit last week uh, that he – it almost seems like he's still kind of looking for his confidence yeah. because he's really just not shooting the ball very much. Yeah, uh, yeah Torrance Watson played 14 minutes last night, took just two shots – he hit one three, and those were his only points. He had one rebound, uh, two turnovers, no assists. So, it, and and he was minus twelve uh, when he was on the team was minus twelve when he was on the floor. And and it's I think he's really trying. It seems like he's struggling to fit in uh, in this offense through so far. And and you had mentioned that some of that might be confidence going back a couple weeks or a couple to. 
the Virgin Islands yeah. when he missed he just wasn't able to get it going and maybe he's lost a little bit of that confidence but that was somebody that we you know I I felt like and I think a lot of people felt like was would, he was would, there for freshman right he uh, was the guy who might lead the team in scoring yeah, I mean, he was, was going to be a big part of what this team yeah, was going to be he was the prize year. recruit I mean a top 100 guy you expect him to come in and be able to contribute I I still think he will once he gets the confidence back but I mean, Missouri needs him. If he's going to be the guy off the bench, because Missouri's getting nothing from their bench pretty much right now. I think they got a combined nine points last night from their bench. Mitchell Smith had six, Torrance had three. Um, they had six, I believe they had six rebounds and like seven turnovers from their bench as well. Um, they need something from the bench. If, if Torrance Watson's going to be the guy coming off the bench, they need him to get that countess back because he's kind of the spark there. He's the only really true guy on there that has really the potential to put the ball in the basket I mean Reed and Mitchell Smith and Xavier will give it to you in spurts but Xavier I mean Torrance has a, has the potential with how the way he can shoot the ball to really put the ball in the basket at a high volume he just has to get that confidence back I think now Mizzou next has UCF who is a team that was actually picked to win the American Conference which Temple is in so from they're top they're the 42nd best team in the country according to Kempom According, yeah, for much of the country, they'll actually have a tougher matchup coming up on Sunday against UCF. And you've done a little bit of scouting. I know Temple was a team that was looking to uh, that that turns teams over. Their defense is predicated on steals and turnovers. Is UCF? How do they match up against a Missouri team that has kind of fluctuated back and forth between being a good offensive team and maybe? Not a good offensive team. Uh, they're a pretty good defensive team. Um, I, I think the one time they gave up over 80 was Florida Atlantic. They gave the loss 80 to 79, I believe, something like that. Um, but they've, they've, they've been a very good defensive team all year. I'm currently waiting for their Ken Palm page to load. Um, the Wi-Fi is struggling currently. But they I think have that, was, that was what I was fishing with behind me. Oh. Before the podcast... I had an epic battle with the cords under the table. I was table. wondering who we were going to address this. <laughs> I was laughing hysterically. I, my, my headphones were all tied up with the chair, and then we have our Wi-Fi set up. Right behind. Set up in Literally. quotation marks. Yeah. It's the router kind of sitting on the floor because the outlet cord is too short. Uh, I got in an epic battle with it, and it got unplugged, and so it cut all the Wi-Fi off for the entire building. Oh, really? I think so. Uh, I, well, it's, it's working room, now. It's working now. That's good. Um, but yeah, so their one loss of the year was to Florida Atlantic. The only thing for UCF is that they haven't played a Power 5 team this year. If you're looking at the schedule, they'll probably best win is a 20-point win over St. Joe's, who... According to Ken Palm, is ninety the ninety seventh best team in the country. Now Ken Palm stuff fluctuates throughout the year, but they play. They have yet to play a top ninety team in the country. Um, but they're very strong defensively. They force a lot. They force a lot of contested shots inside the three point arc, mainly because of their size and length. They still have seven foot six Taco Foul, who's averaging double double figures. He's still there. He's still there. I feel yeah. like that guy's 25 years yeah, old. He's been there forever. Taco Falls to there. Um, BJ is he, Taylor. Is he any taller now than he was when Mizzou played him last year? Still listed as seven foot six. Yeah, I hope he's not much taller than that. <laughs> um, he topped out at seven foot yeah. six. Okay. I mean, they have four players scoring in double figures, um, and Taco Falls just he's I think he's third on that list. Um, so they have players that can put the ball in the basket. They're a very good defensive team. Um, they don't shoot the free. They don't shoot well for the free throw line. This is the glaring thing off their Kempom page. It's bright red. They shoot 55% from the free throw line. It's not good. What was that number? 55%. Yeesh. That's bad. That's 55. like my free throw percentage. Yeah. So um, so there's, there's I guess, what you, maybe you play hack a taco. Set on the free throw line the whole game. 
Um, <laughs> Taco Sunday. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the, you'll, I think we'll get a good look at how good UCF is after Thursday's game. They play Alabama on Thursday. That would be the first Power 5 team. Alabama's having a fairly good season so far. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be the good, the first really good chance we, we get to see from Central Florida. But so far, Johnny Dawkins has that team playing really, really well. And like you said, they are picked to win that league this year. So that's men's basketball update. Also going on Sunday, I think we'll jump right into this. Mizzou will, as we mentioned, find out where they're going to be playing in a bowl game Sunday after the uh, SEC championship that Saturday. First of all, who you got? Do you, do you have Alabama in the in the championship game on Saturday? SEC championship? Oh, yeah. 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 One more time? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the line is. Doesn't but- matter. You would pick Alabama to cover? Oh no 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 no! They'll win, but I don't know what the line. I, I mean, if it was if it was ten, I'd probably pick Alabama to cover. Probably fourteen, I pick them to cover. Let's see. We're gonna look it up right now. According to twenty four seven Sports, although this is from three days ago, the line was set at ten and a half. I'll take Alabama in favor of Alabama. <laughs> I take that. Now I just think Alabama is just so much better than. 98% of the country that they could beat anybody pretty much almost anybody by more than 10 points I think there's one team in the country that they probably that they that, that could fight with them Clemson that's Clemson, Clemson right? yes Clemson yeah. no, both of them are led by freshman quarterbacks that's kind of amazing yeah. that the two teams I mean the two pretty much clear cut best teams in the country both led by freshmen I can't find an updated line from the ten and a half, so we'll just go with that. Yeah. I, I would love to disagree with you and argue about it, but I also think that Alabama will probably cover. But um, anytime you agree with me on a spread, you agreed with me. Well, yeah, but I think the actual story here is that my picks are really bad. Oh, true. Throughout the season, where, what, where are you? Where are your standings in our Tribune picks? Not good. You want to elaborate on? <laughs> I don't actually. Yeah. Well, for the listeners, Danny is last in last place in our in the Tribune's picks. Mm, not good. Nope. I also, actually, the line started at ten and a half. It's now at thirteen and a half. Oh, I don't know if I take. I still take it. For you the would two, take the two it. touchdowns. Yeah, I still take it. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I would. So now we so now we disagree. So that's a good thing. Yeah, let's argue about it. Two touchdowns is what you. Would that's that you see that being a two touchdown game? Yeah, yeah, Alabama's, yeah, that much better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that they're, I mean, like I, I don't know what to say. They're that much better than everybody but Clemson. <laughs> they are two touchdowns better than everybody in the country but Clemson, and they're probably ten points better, nine points better than Clemson. If Georgia and we'll just like if Georgia and Oklahoma could put together. A super team. How competitive would they be against Alabama? Because you have have Oklahoma's high-powered offense and Georgia's defense. I think you'd be fine. That that would beat Alabama. No, no, I don't know if it beat them, but it'd be they'd be they'd be right there. Oklahoma's offense combined with Georgia's defense. Listen, you would pick Alabama to beat that team. This Alabama team might be one of the best teams we've ever seen. That's what I was. I I did think that. I I mean the way that they have absolutely just destroy people. Tua Tagovailoa has thirty six touchdowns and two interceptions this season. That's unbelievable. What? Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I would love to know what the record is for like I would a love to, power five quarterback. I would love to know what his numbers would be if he actually had to play all four quarters. I mean, 
He'd be. Um, he'd probably have eighty touchdowns. Like if they just threw him out. Yeah, there. just go. He'd like actually, also, no. Go play the yeah, fourth quarter. Yeah. He'd go probably have go, eighty touchdowns. Go hang up another <laughs> exactly. twenty-four on the exactly. Citadel exactly. because they kept it close in the first half. Yep. Yeah, I, that's actually a good question. I, I. Yeah, I don't think. Like I said, if they unless they play Clemson in that championship game, there's no one keeping that game close. Okay. All right, before we get into a bull discussion, we're going to stop real quick and uh, hear a word from our sponsors. We Thank you to our sponsors uh, who support our podcast. And as soon as they're done, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the bowl games that Missouri could be playing in this season. I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsors of the Mizzou Sports Podcast, MU Healthcare, Columbia Water and Light, and Phyllis Nichols of State Farm. University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of Mizzou Athletics. Columbia Water and Light encourages the efficient use of electricity and water because it can make a big difference for all of us. Find out more at columbiapowerpartners.com and contact State Farm agent Phyllis Nichols at 573-443-8727 for life, home, car insurance, and more. Thanks again to our sponsors, and now we'll return you to the podcast. Okay, we're back. And the bowl situation for Missouri this season, yeah. you have to start at the beginning, which is at the college football playoff. Which You actually have to start at the end, which is kind of like the top of the food chain, at the college football playoff because they get first pick. Alabama's going to be in the playoff. Georgia, if they win Saturday, will, of course, be in the playoff. Right. Uh, even if they don't win, they are probably going to either go. They will if, if Georgia does not win this weekend, they will probably still be the top ranked team in the SEC that doesn't go to the playoff. They'll go to the Sugar Bowl, so you can count on Alabama and Georgia playing in either the playoff or the those that you know New Year's Six Bowl. New Year's Six, and then I think Florida and LSU, who are also top ten, are pretty safe bets to be in the New Year's Six bowls too. Right. So that's Fiesta Bowl, Cotton Bowl along with the Sugar Bowl and the playoff. So then they're all out of the way. From there, you have the Citrus Bowl. They get the next pick uh, of teams. And if you kind of lump the Citrus Bowl in with the other six bowls that the SEC is tied in with, uh, then you kind of start to see where Missouri fits in. So the Citrus Bowl is played on New Year's Day, and that's probably a little bit higher than where Missouri's going to be at this season. But you also have the Texas Bowl, the Music City Bowl, the Belk Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Liberty Bowl, and the Outback Bowl. That's the pool that Missouri's going to be in. The SEC actually calls that the pool of six. And in that group, when you include the Citrus Bowl, the seven teams in the SEC that are going to be in that group are more than likely will be Kentucky, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Auburn, Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. So you would imagine Kentucky and Texas A&M will probably go to the one of those two will probably go to the Citrus Bowl. Um, Mississippi State uh, and and either Texas A&M or Kentucky, uh, one of those teams will probably play in the Outback Bowl. They're kind of the upper echelon they play on new year's day um that's that's pretty much the best option out of the new year six but what i or or the pool of six but what i wanted to talk about was if you could kind of make a pro and con list what would your pros and cons be of these bowls if we go down them one by one uh, all the places missouri could end up because at this point it's kind of a crapshoot all those six are on kind of in quotation marks equal footing 
the SEC considers them all, and so any team in that group can go to any of those six. Whereas in a lot of conferences, it's the third-ranked team goes here, and the fourth-ranked, and the fifth-ranked. So the pros and cons for the Texas Bowl, of course, the pros. That's a lot of money. That Yeah, the, the payout actually at the Texas Bowl is – the uh, second highest of any pool of 16, but that's, a, I mean, where, where Missouri played last year, not really a not, candidate right, this right. season. So the, should we, should we, can we scratch that one off? I think that one is probably out for okay. this year. Uh, the Music City Bowl is December 28th in Nashville. Yeah, what do you, pros and cons of the Music City Bowl in your eyes? It's from my selfish eyes or from like Mizzou's eyes? <laughs> So start with selfish. Oh, it's Nashville. I want Nashville all the time. If there's any option of play going somewhere, I want to go to Nashville. So number one pro, pretty much Nashville. That's my only pro. I think that would be the case too for Missouri fans. Uh, it is a drivable, drivable, yeah. and and uh, interesting destination. It's a place where you would want to spend right. a weekend. Right. Uh, of course, it's not warm weather like Florida would be, but uh, Nashville would still be a good destination. They play that game at Nissan Stadium, uh, which is pretty that, good capacity. NFL Stadium. Yeah. Depending on the ACC or Big Ten team, you could probably get a pretty good matchup in that game as well. A lot of projections, which projections are all over the place not very uh, right, not a yeah, very yeah. scientific exercise right. but a lot of projections have Wisconsin being the team that Missouri might face there right. which i think would have some intrigue yeah. as a team that at one point this season was considered a outside shot to make the playoff um, the payout for the Music City Bowl uh, from last season was 2.83 million per team uh, pretty good compared to some of the other games on this list ranks third amongst the six i think that that and and we should say there was a a report that came out this afternoon from south carolina by josh kendall at the state uh he writes about south carolina athletics he did an interview where he talked to the president of the gator bowl and that's played in jacksonville and the president of the Gator Bowl told Josh Kendall uh, that the two teams that they are focused on are Texas A&M and South Carolina. Okay. So, which, it, which, to be completely honest, would probably be good for Mizzou. Like, I mean, it's it's not like if you're looking at this list from terms of travel for fans, size of the stadium, payout, Gator Bowl is probably last on your list. Yeah, the one thing about the Gator Bowl, which is good, uh, it is on. It is prime time on New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah, yeah. So that is a pretty high profile uh, time slot. Uh, the payout is one, from last season was $1.58 million per team, which is lower than uh, the Texas Bowl, the Music City Bowl, the Belk Bowl, on the list. and the Liberty Bowl, and the Outback Bowl. So of, the New, of that pool of six, it is the lowest uh, payout. I think it kind of goes back and forth in terms of prestige. I believe last year... Mississippi State played in the Gator Bowl. Actually, I should probably look that up before just throwing it out there like that. That's why we have our laptops. That's right. But so that one is kind of up in the air. I think right. that one has some real potential because it's it's on a really good. Uh, it, it's Day got a time, great yeah. you know time for exposure, uh, but at the same time, it's. The payout is a little bit lower. Yeah. Uh, it, it may be a, a destination that's a little bit harder to get to. Yeah. So, uh, good. But it is warm weather. Pros and cons. It is yeah. warm weather. Jacksonville is a uh, is from what I've heard a good place. I only have seen the airport in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, so that that is definitely an option for 
Missouri, at least what we, I guess we thought in the beginning that it would be, but at this point it looks like it is, I'm going to actually rewind 10 seconds when I said what is an option for Missouri. It looks like it's no longer an option for Missouri. It's, they want either Texas A&M or South Carolina. So Texas A&M, if they don't end up in the Citrus Bowl and they don't end up in the Outback Bowl, which I think it's likely that they end up in one of those two, then it'll probably be South Carolina in the Gator Bowl. We've now scratched off the Texas Bowl and the Gator Bowl. So that leaves, we talked about the Music City Bowl, uh, the Belk Bowl, which seems like it would be a backup option for South Carolina at this point. It's December 29th in Charlotte. Uh, Missouri's never played in the Belk Bowl. The other conference is the ACC. Uh, the payout is about average at $2.25 million per team from last year. That seems like a great bowl for somebody that isn't Missouri. Yeah, I agree. Missouri doesn't line up on any of those, no. not geography, not conference affiliation, uh, not history, and the payout isn't that great. Yeah. So that doesn't seem to be a great fit I'm for anything for that. that Missouri does. And you have some weird, angry relationship with Charlotte, North Carolina. I just don't like the airport. That's it, though. Yeah. It's like a city of two and a half million people, but the airport is the only thing that matters. Correct. <laughs> That's how I would have to get there. So, but you'd be there for like ten minutes. I might still be there. I mean, when you land and then you leave the airport, and then you got to go back and sit there and wait, and you probably sit there and wait, and your flight gets delayed two hours, and you're sitting there for two more hours, and then just have some bad experiences at Charlotte Airport. Just let me live, man. Let me dislike the Charlotte Airport. Yeah, the moment we brought up the Belk Bowl, your eyes went almost into the back <laughs> of your head. They rolled so far, just like listen, man. I have bad memories. Bad uh, memories. I okay. can't. I can't get out of my head. Also, the Belk Bowl, for anybody that actually cares, the Belk Bowl is the same day as Missouri basketball team game against Moorhead State at Missouri Arena. Another, another uh, negative. Must, or con. Must, <laughs> that must-see matchup against Moorhead State exactly. Just saying. could get in the way. The other option that seems to be a pretty good fit for Missouri, uh, or at least likely, would be the Liberty Bowl, which is December 31st in Memphis. It's played at the Liberty Bowl Stadium, uh, which hosts the Memphis Tigers football team. Missouri's played in that bowl twice, 1978 and 1980. Uh, it's against a Big 12 team. The payout is $2.1 million, uh, per team, so uh, not bad, uh, but also kind of on the low end of this list, not, not, at, the, not at the bottom, uh, but kind of on the low end. And that's one that I, has... I think is kind of polarizing for a lot of people. It's close. Uh, it's yeah, potential to play a uh, former rival from the Big 12, but it's not warm weather. The stadium there is not one that, you know, you'd have probably a, 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 a real great experience at like you would at NRG Stadium in Houston or an NFL stadium. I mean, every every bowl here is played in an NFL stadium except, except the Liberty Bowl. Bowl. Right. So, but what makes up for it is the barbecue. No, I mean maybe for some yeah. people, probably. Well, for me, for <laughs> selfish reasons again, right? But no, I think Memphis would be a cool. I spot. said that I, my Kansas City kind of yeah, one hundred percent jumped out, jumped out. Like I could see it. Um, it like my eyes flashed, yeah, red, and yeah. then barbecue sauce, well, and then I came. What back. are you talking about? That's yeah, not, I came back to um, reality. But I did. It's not like I said it's better than Kansas City barbecue. That's true, but no, I agree. I think for the most part, I think that that's a, I think that'd be a pretty good spot for Mizzou. Other than 
the obvious outcome would be the football stadium. But I think in terms of, I mean, it's a six-hour drive, I believe, something like that, maybe five and a half hours. Um, and then, I mean, can you imagine playing? Um, I think what would be a cool matchup is if they played Iowa State in that bowl, that would be sweet because it would be finally get a chance to see, like, because we had this conversation on the podcast last week about I, if Iowa State should be the ranked team at 25 or if that, that should be my zoo spot. I think that would be cool to see those teams go at it just in terms of seeing both four lost teams um, and old Big 12 drivers. I think that would be a sweet matchup. But, again, that's just me being – I don't know if that's happening or not. The one flaw in that plan, last year Iowa State played in the Liberty Bowl and beat Memphis 21-20. Oh, well, there goes my plan. And that and that was a game between – Iowa State was 8-4 – Four uh, going in and or seven and five and Memphis was ten and two, uh, so that kind of seems to be about uh, where you know Missouri is at right now. It just in terms of kind of level, but that's so Big Twelve number four team, and I don't know if there's an exception to you know like four the- teams that have been there. Uh, the year before, yeah. but if you were to look at the Big 12 standings right now at the team that's number four, that's West Virginia, and Drew Locke against Will Greer. That'd be a lot of fun. To would watch. be a heck of a matchup. Yeah. Uh, so I think that actually has not been getting a lot of attention as a good bowl destination for Missouri, but a game against Will Greer in Memphis, and again, and again, NFL that's, teams would be there. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be packed. A game that would be close enough for a lot of Missouri fans to drive to would be a pretty good spot to end up in. I agree. That's my own personal opinion. The Outback Bowl is the other one in the pool of six. Uh, that one definitely has a little bit of a boost in prestige. It's played on New Year's Day. And the other thing about the Liberty Bowl, it's played on New Year's Eve at 2.45 Central Time. So you could go to the game, have a good time, and then still ring in the New Year in Memphis. You could. Or, I mean, you, the other, I mean, you literally could do that and then come back for New Year's Eve. Yeah, true. Uh, in St. Louis, yeah, sure. if you're in St. Louis or Columbia or wherever you might be. It's also a good time to watch a game on TV because, uh, to be quite honest, if you're interested in participating in New Year's activities, you're probably not going to be real focused on a football oh, game yeah, starting at, at 7 o'clock yeah, at night. Right. I agree. So the game's at 2.45, watch the game, uh, enjoy, Have, and then... Hang out with friends, and yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I think that might be a actually, you know, it might end up being a, a good option for Missouri if that's what ends up happening. The other one, as we mentioned, Outback Bowl, December f- or January first in Tampa. That one has kind of traditionally been the most prestigious of all the bowls on this list, and it seems like the teams that would be most likely to go there would be Kentucky if they don't make the Citrus Bowl. Uh, possibly Mississippi State has been right there. They've been ranked pretty much all season, uh, or maybe even Auburn. So that's kind of the situation. I think if you – so kind of looking over all of them, do you have a, an opinion? Where would be the uh, you know best and worst for Missouri to go? Just kind of recap in your mind. Um, I th- honestly – of the realistic, probably yeah, the realistic. Outback Bowl is not. Yeah. In that mix. So are we saying Outback Bowl, Gator Bowl, and Texas Bowl are not realistic? Yeah. Okay. So of the Liberty Bowl, Music City Bowl, and Belk Bowl. Yeah. The the one is easy. The Belk Bowl is the one I would be like. Uh, I don't know if that's really worth it. Not worth it. But if I'm ranking these three, power rankings. Yeah. Last. Belk Bowl's third. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Um, it'd be tough between Liberty and Music City Bowl just because of Nashville's a great spot. I think it'd be a great. Um, I think if you're playing a team like Wisconsin, that's sweet. 
um, the stadium, the payout, everything looks pretty good there. I think I do like the the thought of Mizzou playing New Year's Eve. That you said the two forty five slot. Uh, Memphis is a good spot for a lot of fans to get to and get back home to. Um, but I, I'd probably go Mississippi City Bowl than Liberty Bowl because um, I mean, I've, who doesn't like going to Nashville? I think that is a good. I mean, in terms of location yep. Nashville is more of a destination spot and and the stadium is a little bit uh more of a destination stadium yeah, yeah. they the matchup if I mean if in fact it would be West Virginia going to the Liberty Bowl that would be that would tough. almost tip the scales in my mind that yeah, would be such a fun game to watch yeah. uh I think it'd be a great matchup I think that could end up maybe not Actually, I don't know if I want to make this comparison. No, you guys are going to say, no. it, it, say Chiefs Rams. I was. Oh my goodness! I, and, then I, and then I and then and then I kind of hesitated, but Drew Locke and Will Greer would be as close as you could come, I think, to a Chiefs Rams matchup in college football. Yeah. Do you have issue with that statement? No. No. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I I mean, that would be a. I think you're selling game Daniel Jones from Duke short. I think I probably am. <laughs> Yeah, get, no, get him in that conversation somewhere. No, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that statement. We'll see on Sunday. Missouri will play UCF earlier in the day, and then we'll find out the bowl destination later in the day. Uh, Zoo last has never played in the Music City Bowl, so that would be a first. Uh, as we mentioned, the last time they played in Liberty Bowl was 1980. There's a lot of bowls on here Missouri's never played in, including the Belk Bowl, the Outback Bowl, and... Uh, Only those three. Oh, that's it. And the Music City Bowl. So the Music City, Liberty, and Belk seem to be, at this point, the three that, that we're looking at. And then we'll make plans after Saturday or after yeah. Sunday. Uh, football season will wrap up, and, and we'll move on to bigger and better things. Be on the bowl season. Any other thoughts? On where the basketball team stands, uh, women's basketball does play. Yeah, they play Sunday at West Virginia as part of the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. Coming off a rough, uh, I mean, it was up and down. They actually dropped out of the rankings. They got yeah. blown out by sixteen points to Michigan, which is a team that really kind of they are a lot of they hype. are they are a good team and then, not a very I mean, good matchup for Missouri. Right, and I I think it's it's worth noting they they bounced back against a really pretty good Quinnipiac team who. Lost the number 10 team in the country in Texas about one point the day before. Um, and then, also a tournament team last year, I believe, right, yeah. Quinnipiac was. And then uh, beat Duke. Also, I believe, was a tournament team last year. Um, big, big night from Hannah Shoots. So, um, yeah, it, tough start. I think they bounced back pretty well, but I don't, I'm don't. i not really sure they're too worried about not being in the rankings right now. Right. They'll have plenty of chances to get back in the rankings. Yeah, that's play. very true. That's very true. Once SEC play starts, yeah. then there's lots of good wins out there on the table for the taking. Right. So we'll keep an eye on that as that season progresses. Uh, Bible starts NCAA tournament Friday in Lincoln, in Nebraska. Lincoln Nebraska. Who's yeah. our first game against? Uh, number 23 came to the country. Uh, I almost said Akron. Arizona. Mm. Yeah. Mizzou's 24, so... Um, just kind of worth noting. Your Ohio side was showing. Yeah, it was. My Ohio came out. I don't really like Akron that much, though, so I don't know why that said, I said that. So we've talked about your Ohio power rankings before in terms of cities in Ohio. Oh. Toledo being last. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cleveland being first. Yeah, obviously. So where else? What other cities? So uh, you Columbus had, is two. Very close. Very close second. And then you have Akron... You have Bowling Green. What other? What are other major cities? Cincinnati, of Cincinnati, course. Cincinnati, yeah, yeah, that's probably third. But Cincinnati's not great. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was hard to rank them. One, Cleveland and Columbus are one of two. Everything else is just uh, after that. Okay. Does Bowling Green make the cut? They're not really, uh, they're a, major really city a city. Yeah, Ohio. they're less, it's like a little country town with a college <laughs> in the middle. That's kind of all Bowling Green is. <laughs> Surrounded by corn. New coach at Bowling Green this week. Yeah. Things Congratulations. Are, things are on the up and up. Th- thank you, I think. We'll see. <laughs> thank you, I think. We'll see. Where, who is the guy and where does he come from? New England, right? No, no. He's a college coach. He's the offensive coordinator at Boston College. He like coached Tom Brady oh. at Michigan. He is the reason Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Okay. Just saying. I miss that. I did see people talk about him and Tom Brady. Yeah, he was a, he was Tom Brady's quarterback's coach at Michigan. Ah, so he's been at Boston College his whole time. No, he went to like Michigan a lot, a lot of places. Do you remember, what's his name? Leffler, Loffler, Loafer, Loafer, something like that. Let me see. I had it somewhere. Um, I can't think of his name. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm trying to my so my I know a guy who covers BG for the Toledo Blade. I'm currently looking at his Twitter account and it's currently trying to load. Tim Loafer Leffer, <laughs> I can't pronounce it, but that's it. I can't remember exactly how to pronounce it. I don't know how to pronounce it, so that's just I'm just going to go with Loafer. L O E F F L E R Leffler Leffler Leffler. All right, cool. Let's go with that. But yeah, he was like the offensive coordinator. He was offensive coordinator at Auburn for a year. Temple. Virginia Tech, he's quarterback's coach for the Detroit Lions for a year, quarterback's coach of Florida for a year. He's been kind of everywhere. He's from Ohio, though. He's an Ohio native. Mm. Gotcha. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that, too. Maybe you'll just keep an eye yeah, on that for everybody. Yeah, it'd probably just be me. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so subscribe uh, to the podcast um, on wherever you get your podcast from. Rate, uh, subscribe to the Tribune read all of our work um we'll have a lot of stuff coming this week as well a lot of basketball while football's down football stuff when some bowl stuff gets announced um and i guess that's it danny cue the outro music Subscribe to Mizzou's Sports Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.